Don't think about making women fit the world. Think about making the world fit women. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks, and I'm your host, Ramia Amadin. The quote that you heard is that of Gloria Steinem, and this is featured, this is not from the book, but it's featured in the book, In the Flow by Elisa Vitti, which is the book that I'm currently wrapping up right now, and what I love is she opens each chapter, opens each of her three sections with bonus quotes by women about women. Most of the quotes are. And I love it. They're all very quote-worthy quotes. So I thought I'd bring one up here today. This book is marvelous. I've learned pretty much every single thing that she mentions in this book called In the Flow um, is a new learning for me. It's a new concept and it is about living with your cycle as a woman, um, identified as a woman, born as a woman, living with your sinking and not just the daily clock, but the 28 day clock. So I think she calls it for the most part, sinking with your cycle, but there is so much depth to this book. It's not just about your cycle and about the phases of your cycle, but also about how that translates to your energy levels, your sociability, your, yeah, it is fabulous. That's the voice of Nisreen Abdelmajid. And I just want to say like this book was so incredibly insightful, Niz, and I've I've not really been recommending it left and right because I really wanted to complete the book before saying, oh gosh, this is gospel. Everybody listen. Um, But so far, that's how I feel. I feel like they're, even if it's just planning out your day, planning out your projects, planning out your social times and your calendar for the month ahead, for the couple of weeks ahead, even a couple of days ahead. Um, she expands on incredible thoughts and processes and everything backed up. Everything is cited and recommended to us with science backing, with firsthand accounts of women all over the place. Um, but yeah, check it out. If you're interested in what I'm saying, check it out. It's one of those things that I feel like a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Absolutely. There's still so much stigma. Um, there's still this blanket over our world of it's a man's world, right? And so when we have these mm, conversations yeah. and bring up these concepts of let's try to fit ourselves as women um around all these other things that are already so historically evident uh, to be okay for the man, not necessarily okay for the women. I think that reading these kind of books are super, super important. So that's In the Flow by Elisa Vitti. That's V-I-T-T-I. Moving along, <laughs> before I get too long talking about this, let's take a glance at the CELA homepage. This is the Center for Equitable Library Access, and you can visit it by going to celalibrary.ca. And the three featured titles up on the homepage at the moment are Into the Broken Lands by Tanya Huff. This is a fantasy title. The second one is Spare who saw that coming, by the Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry, and this is a memoir. The third and final one on the featured list right now is Poster Girl by Veronica Roth, and this is a science fiction novel. 
I did see another Veronica Roth title up there last year, so really got some good fans going. Nisreen, you have brought something that's trending because it's been trending and we also haven't talked about something trending specifically to start off the show in a while. So what do you have for us? Yeah, so uh, we're going back to Prince Harry because he's making waves in the audiobook community. So Prince Harry has come under fire for trying to impersonate a Californian accent similar to his wife, Meghan Markle. He explained in his audiobook, Spare, how in his role as a trained FAC in Afghanistan, he had to be ready for any attack and work in collaboration with American pilots. So Prince Harry had interactions with other aircrafts who coordinate attacks. His attempt at impersonating the American accent from fellow army patrols had Twitter users in stitches. Actually, in fact, the recording shared on Twitter sparked laughter and surprise among social media users who mocked but also praised the Duke for his failed attempt. I mean, let's go back to the fact that everybody is just talking about the accent impersonation, but nobody just took a pause and were like, wait, he was a trained FAC in Afghanistan? What? So that was the biggest shock of it all for me. Um, However, Everybody was like, no, like, let's see how Prince Harry would sound with an accent or let's see how he would impersonate an American accent. I mean, they went into detail in this article. Oh, geez. Rams. And this they is- went into detail in this article. About <laughs> this how he would specific parts, right? In the book, not like he wasn't doing his whole book with this accent, was he? No, there's okay. specific parts. But let me tell you about how. Like in this article on uh, on express.co.uk, they they actually went into detail about how he pronounced specific words and what he re- which letters he replaced and everything like that. I'm like, hold on a minute, hold the phone. This guy was a trained FAC, like yeah. in Afghanistan. No Did one's anybody that just up? take a pot? No, nobody mm-hmm. brought that up. I mm-hmm. feel like everybody's just like, no, let's focus on the lighter pa- the part of it. But yes, wait, is this the Nez? I know you're you're a huge fan of the Royals, or at least you you do more than I do in keeping in touch with them. Um, do you notice what is trending about this book all over social? Like, have people dropped any of the juicy details that he brings up in this novel, or are people seriously overwhelmed with this impersonation thing? I think people are seriously overwhelmed with the impersonation thing. I mean, that's what I've been seeing for the past few days. Uh, Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah. Like, honestly, this book, we're going to be talking. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it for a while. And uh, I feel like it's one of those audiobooks that are just going to be, it's going to stay in the trending side for the next couple months. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Prince Harry. Yeah. Again, the, the audiobook is called Spare. Uh, I'm. I was really looking forward to listening to it, but everybody's just hype is just all wrong. So I don't know. But I, I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna listen to it. Well, so we'll see. I'll say that the good part about all this is because he wants us to listen to this impersonation, good or not, it's making so much headway on social media. So pick mm-hmm. up the audiobook. Get it? Because you won't know. You're so funny. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and figure out whether or not he's uh, doing a good impersonation. Uh, I'm so confused as to why this is what's making waves. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to talk about other things as well. If you're not a fan of Spare, maybe you're a fan of other audiobook conversation. M. Williams is joining us, and she's the supervisor for media accessibility at AMI. She's discussing a welcoming read for those who are new to the disability conversation. This is AMI Audiobook Review. You're listening to AMI Audiobook Review on AMI-audio, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And we're checking in with an avid reader, opening up this space here on the podcast to review, discuss, recommend, browse, conceptualize, and reminisce on audiobooks, ebooks, and sometimes even paperbacks. That's right. We got to show love to all the reading and all the bookworms out there. Let's welcome in M. Williams, Supervisor for Media Accessibility here at AMI. M, it's the first time we have you on the show, so welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. This is great. Hopefully not the last time. So yeah. before we jump into um, reading, which is what we talk about all the time here on the show, can you please give us an idea of what you do here at AMI? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, as a supervisor of media accessibility, I'm uh, in charge of overseeing the integrated described video efforts that we have on our um, original programming. And we also outsource described video for AMI-TV. So a lot of that uh, type of oversight. Mm-hmm. And and that's a lot because we do. <laughs> almost, that's a lot. It's like all the shows. It's yeah. all the shows. Exactly. Yeah. So you're a fan of paperback books, and I'm curious as to what that means. Does, does that mean more than audiobooks, more than ebooks, like reading electronically? You just love holding a physical book in your hand? I think that's it. Yeah, I've always gone to the library and taken out books, and uh, I've been in a little bit with audiobooks, but I always kind of uh, gravitate back to getting a book out of the library and even going on vacation, you know, taking, although it's been a while, taking a book in my suitcase or a book or two in my suitcase. And um, also I tend to read in the evenings. So it's just kind of sitting down with a book. It's just, um, it's, it's different, you know, doing it like reading on an e-reader. Audiobooks are great though, if you want to get stuff done while you're reading. So (laughs) I definitely appreciate that. Totally. Yeah. Like being able to still do something with your hands and not necessarily dedicate a time or a spot in your uh, in your life for books. I think that audiobooks gives us that opportunity, of course, along with everything else. But I'm curious, do you do you credit anyone for this, for continuing to stay with um, books? Do you remember someone in your life, maybe as a younger person, uh, seeing, you know, parents or whoever else reading physical books? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The library thing comes from my mom. She, to this day, is a library person, goes and takes out the books and reads. I don't even know how many a year, but she's just always got a different book on the go. She's a very fast reader. And then, uh, but more recently, my partner sort of inspired me to get into reading, making it more a part of my life. Um, And I was looking back at the Goodreads app, you know, the goals you can set Mm -hmm. for your annual uh, book goal. And in 2018, I had set a, a goal of reading 12 books, which was pretty ambitious for me at the time. I just wasn't taking, making the time in my day to read. It was uh, just kind of the thing I did every once in a while. So I made this goal of reading 12 books and so one a month, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually surpassed it. Uh, I think I ended up with 15 that year. 
And then it's just kind of been building off that. And it's really become enjoyable for me, like a way to relax. That's really fantastic. Um, It's January. So we've been talking a lot about this kind of reading goals and how much did you read last year and did you reflect and are you making goals for this year and what apps you're using and oh don't you feel so proud when uh, audible gives you the stats on how much you read which is so cool but really starting somewhere um attainable is very important too because i think that you know if you're if you already know you love books then that's wonderful but as you pointed out sometimes it's giving it the time of day uh other times it's like i don't really know what I want to read right now. So I'm going to pick, you know, watching TV over reading and things like that. Do you battle with those questions? Yeah. You know, finding books to read. I I found Goodreads is actually another great uh, source for that as well as the libraries like Toronto public library in my case. Um, They have book lists available so you can kind of see books that are tailored to your taste and you can find the list that uh, um, for recommendations. Right. Yeah. Goodreads is that, did you pick Goodreads for um, any particular reason or is that just the first one you went to? I think it was just the first one I heard of and I just gravitated toward it. And it's been fun tracking, tracking the books and kind of seeing um, how many you read. And, but I also like to, you know, not just, I don't want to read, you know, 30 books just for the sake of it, but enjoy them while I'm reading it as well. Like enjoy the journey of it and uh, happy to report. I've already read two books this year. Oh, there you go. uh, one of them is the one I'm going to recommend uh, to you on the podcast today. Oh, man, I'm so excited to talk about the recommendation. But I'm curious too. just before we move on to that sure. is borrowing versus owning books. So do you have books that aren't from the library that you cherish that you um, wanted to own versus just having to borrow? Yeah, I have a, I have a small stack of books that I own, but I tend to not reread them. So mm. I, that's why I think I like the library. Okay. Is I there can always come back and not really. Okay. Not really. Yeah. You know. It's curious. <laughs> Didn't know if you were going to bring up Harry Potter. Cause that's what I reread. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for sure. And, and you have, um, other than like making your visits to the library, there's a way that the books come closer to you. Right. Yeah, so um, I use the holds uh, option on the library website. And uh, because I sort of live between about four of the libraries, and none of them are super duper close, we have a bookmobile that swings by once a week. So it's a Thursday night ritual to sort of swing by, return the books, you know, get books out. And um, also soon, I will be getting books out from my small kids. twin boys that are a year and a half and they speed through all the books we have around and they're going to want fresh material so (laughs) that's amazing so you're bringing it down into the next generation right going to libraries um having that love for books just through the interaction of getting books yeah and my boys really love reading they just over and over and over they just love looking at the pictures and hearing the hearing the words Mm. so it's fun do you remember the process of like picking books for your kids I'm always curious about that because of course for us pleasure reading is whatever we want to read but when you're thinking you know how what do I read to a one-year-old of course there are tons of options out there and and ways that people um, make these children's books to say okay this is you know catered to whatever age group but do you remember that process for you yeah we just have such a variety I mean 
what we have at home is basically like what we've been given for as gifts or, you know, hand-me-down books kind of stuff. Mm. But sometimes we do go out and, and seek certain things. Like I imagine they'll start being interested in certain topics and we'll want to get books that, um, that appeal to them. So it'll be yeah. exciting to have them go in and pick books off the shelf. And it's funny, they just love to read the same one over and over and over. <laughs> exactly, right? And reading yeah. to them. Oh, do you like reading uh, stories out loud? Yeah, I actually love reading to them. Okay. So they're twins, so one on each knee, you know, it, oh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's so sweet. I love it. Now, you mentioned Goodreads, and I also wanted to ask, uh, do you review a lot of books? Do you tend to rate and review? I actually don't do that. Um, I'm not really sure why. I mean, I enjoy the books, but I just don't think it's um, it's my thing to like write up a mm. review about it. I just kind of mark it as read. I might give it a star rating and then I'll move on to right. what's next on my list and start exactly. the next one right away. Yeah. We talked um, late last year on the show about how Goodreads and Amazon are, well, first of all, they are a thing together. Goodreads is Amazon, but Goodreads is um, kind of collaborating more outwardly with Amazon books to say, um, you know, here's a Kindle score, here's a Goodreads score, here's a, an Audible score. And I'm very okay. curious when they start implementing that, how people are going to utilize that information to pick their books, you know, browse, etc. Yeah, I do use other people's ratings to sort of see, you know, oh, okay, this <laughs> exactly. book only has three stars. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not big on doing it myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. We're lurkers, whatever the, the book version of lurkers yeah. are on social media. Yeah, that's what it is. So yeah. let's talk about your recommendation. What do you have for us? Sure. So I actually recommended this to the staff at AMI, um, a title called Demystifying Disability, What to Know, What to Say, How to Be an Ally. And it's by Emily Ledeau. She's a activist, writer, and speaker. And this book just was published in 2021. So it's fresh. Um, and it's a really quick read. It's written to be pretty easy to read, uh, just over 150 pages. So that mm. is the recommendation that I want to talk about. 150 pages, you said? Yeah. Okay, that sounds very short. I'm so curious about the kinds of information that would be packed in a book um, this tiny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got everything from a section on uh, disability language, which is a great re reference section. And this is the type of book that you could read cover to cover like I did, or you could just, this is the kind of book you'd want to own. You'd have mm -hmm. it on your shelf and you could, you know, there's an index. You can um, just kind of flip to what you need to know or what you want to know, which is really nice. There's also uh, a snapshot of history of disability, advocacy and change over the past hundred plus years. Oh. Um, and uh, just flipping to the contents here, um, she calls it an incomplete overview of disability history. So it's just really, it really is a snapshot. And that's the thing. It's like, it's very concise. It, it packs a lot of information and it makes you want to know more. And that's really cool. Mm. And then a couple other sections, we have ableism and accessibility, disability etiquette 101, disability in the media, and um, a piece on uh, allyship at the end. So if you don't mind, I'd love to just read a quick excerpt um, just from the intro. Mm -hmm. And she she really makes it a welcoming place to be in this book, you know, and she says, I'm not here to judge. Consider this book a safe space to learn and find answers to certain questions you might have, but aren't sure how to ask. So that's pretty that. cool. 
Yes. And then in terms of being an ally, um, this is like this. So that's in the beginning and this is at the end. So I thought that was a nice way to give you the bookends. Ableist words are so embedded in society's vocabulary and mindset that avoiding them and actively remembering to use alternatives needs to be an ongoing process. To apply this idea more broadly, to dismantle ableism, remember being an ally needs to be an ongoing process. So I thought that was really it's cool. very encouraging. It, it is <laughs> very encouraging. Um, and for me, identifying as a person with a disability uh, is, it's kind of like, you know, the pressure is off, right? We want to understand that it's important to have these conversations. It's important to know and notice that language makes a huge difference. Um, but also that that whole ongoing process um, is that we're not exactly where we need to be or want to be. And sometimes it's like you can't really fast forward that, right? Like you, mm-hmm. we, for example, reading older books or listening to um, older content and watching older content of any time, we can actually see the progress that we've made. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in other books I'm reading, you know, like last year and, and now, mm-hmm. it's like those uh, ableist words still creep in. Of course. And so there's still a lot of work to do. And, and she does talk about that as well. But there has been a lot of change for the better, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's just really interesting to have this like great snapshot. And then, of course, um, there's a section on further reading. And, you know, I have been inspired to take out the audiobook for another title. So okay. <laughs> um, I was on uh, um, Overdrive. Uh, and I got out Disability Vis- Visibility by Alice Wong. And I'm looking forward to hearing what that is all about, uh, published in 2020. Um, so I will be getting into audiobooks this year, I guess. <laughs> now, when you read books in this context, um, um, do you read it for educational purposes? Because it's embedded in your role, right? Like in your professional work here at AMI. So I'm curious about like, is this does this feel professional to you or do you take this stuff home and and feel that it's part of your your pleasure reading your want to know more absolutely i mean it, because of my work i'm obviously very interested in it and passionate mm-hmm. about it and the more you learn about um you know ways to be an ally or you know even when you're talking about the language like words not to use or the preferred words like it makes you want to learn more and you realize that you have to continue that education. So I took this book out as one of my pleasure reading books, but I really feel that it was worthwhile to read for my, for my job as well. And that's why I recommended it to the staff because it's a great resource um, for allies that work at AMI. I think the length of this book speaks um, to how it's meant to be an easier read, right? It's meant to be a, Let's Mm -hmm. just start the conversation like this is in no means, you know, the guide to 100 percent of the time. This is what you do. But it's like uh, a start. Um, What would you say would be maybe there's a difficult question to answer. But, you know, have you had uh, instances in your you know, progress of allyship for people with disabilities where you felt that something was a difficult read or certain ways that things were presented were difficult for you to take in compared to this yeah, one? I mean. Yeah, I think so. Definitely more of the academic mm-hmm. um, things. I have taken other books out of the library on disability. And, and this one by far was just the easiest to pick up and to read. And I think it's just because it covers so much in a very easy format. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, 
just because it's not, you know, an academic, it's not a textbook. So definitely very welcoming. Yeah, of course. And there's like the difference between, you know, something that's research based versus something that's firsthand account of lived disability experience. And there's obviously, um, you know, incredible perspectives from either and even further kinds of categories for this kind of reading. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about your um, what you'll pick up in the next ones or, you know, because sometimes what I find is when I pick up a book, um, I've read that, then I've gone on to things that they've cited in that book, just keep going, keep going down this road of um, very interesting and also expanding perspectives of what was just started off as like a, a curiosity read. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the web surfing of books. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, that was interesting. I need to know about, more about that. And in addition to the books she recommends with further reading, there's videos oh. um, and uh, films. Uh, so there's lots of content to get in various ways. And I mean, it just goes on and on. There's like five pages of recommendations. Yep. So there's a lot there. One of the ones for sure to check out is I'm Not Your Inspiration, which is the Stella Young TED Talk from uh, 2014 look at that we got recommendations on recommendations i know i know and thank you so much for joining us uh this has been awesome i hope this is not the last time you come on the show because i'm uh would love to talk further with you about what you love to read and recommendations that you have for our audience appreciate your time thank you so much you know four years ago i could never imagine myself uh, talking about book recommendations so you know come a long way and it's great content and it's been great to chat about it Oh my gosh, so great to talk about it with you too. M. Williams is our supervisor for media accessibility here at Accessible Media Inc. Joining us and giving us her recommendation, Demystifying Disability by Emily Ledoux. That's it for this week's episode of AMI Audiobook Review. And until next week, when we check in with another great guest, happy audiobook listening. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.